Hey, welcome to the Junto Show. I'm Lance, and I'm woke with jokes. I'm Johnny, founder of The Venture Out, the best way to start your day. And I'm Bo. I enjoy the future. <laughs> Beast <of> past. <laughs> That's profound, Bo. Ah, thank you. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to ponder that all day tomorrow. The, well, the future actually, begins. Can one enjoy the future? Does, is one ever actually experiencing the future? No, because you're always experiencing the present. Uh, the concept. How about that? Hmm. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, hey, it's been a little while since we, uh, we we taped here, guys. How's everybody doing? Doing fantastic. New year, one month down already, right around the uh, corner from Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, Valentine's Day, I think, well, you know what? For Love you. is in the air. Yeah. It's a great holiday when you have somebody as special in your life as... Some of us who are lucky to have well, We have each other. <laughs> yeah. We'll always have each other. I tell you, Valentine's Day is <laughs> super overrated and yes. a pain in the butt and just a recipe for a big fight. <laughs> <laughs> like, is I, it? In my pre- previous okay. experiences, <laughs> Valentine's Day has Your just, extensive previous experiences? <laughs> calm, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... The, your mate sets these huge expectations for it, and then it's like anytime any little thing go, gets out of place, then it's mm. just like it gets amplified, and then it ends up being these sitcom level <laughs> foolishness that I've had to deal What's with. What's the deal? Yes, it's a, it's a, I don't know. My philosophy is val- that, that Valentine's Day the 14th, do not leave the house. That day is for suckers. Like, you can go out the house on the 13th or the 15th. The 14th, it's packed everywhere. If you haven't made your reservation a month ago, you're not getting it. And there's going to be uh, these these prefix menus that are thirty dollars more than they need to be, even at Applebee's. <laughs> so, uh, which, is, which is trash. And so I say, the fourteenth is for fools. St- uh, stay in, cook for your mate, and then go out on the fifteenth or thirteenth. Uh-huh. That's my pro tip for you, the Junto listener. <laughs> pro tip: just don't do anything for Valentine's. <laughs> Are you announcing your your status on the... On yeah, the yeah, yeah. So I'll give a quick shout out to my girlfriend. Okay, well, there right? you go. Hey. Where she's warned me a couple of times already. No gifts, no nothing, Johnny. I mean it. Like, what's that? I mean, uh, one, good for you, but like, how to, like, what's the philosophy <laughs> behind that? Well, it's hilarious when she told me the second time. I was like, no, no, I get it. Don't worry. <laughs> There's nothing coming. <laughs> Everybody says she can't trust that. They're like, you know, she really does want something, but I feel like she's being... Authentic. Yeah, yeah. You got like yeah. a gift in the... Uh, you should wrap something just in case. And then if she if she does that gift of the magi or whatever, it's like oh I care too much. And then you buy oh me too. Gift so, yeah. of the magi. Yeah. Well, isn't, that, isn't that a scary one with like a a monkey's? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like um the husband sells his prize watch to get his wife uh some some hair dye, yeah. but then the wife cuts her hair to pay for the man's watch repair. Oh, well, what's one of the three wishes that turn out bad? The monkey bar. Oh. Wow. Or the what? Or jerk genies, I guess. Yeah. Was it a jerk? <laughs> <laughs> the old tale of the jerk genie. <laughs> Are they Jamaican? <laughs> oh, hey, I made curry for the first time at the house the other day. So, okay, so I'm pescatarian now. And one of the ah, things. Okay. That, Amen. <laughs> exactly. So no chicken anymore? Uh, yeah, no chicken. Okay. Uh, and so I was like, well, I miss the Golden Crust, which is like the Jamaican fast food restaurant. But I was like, you know what? I can cook. I'll make it at the house since I because they only have like goat, chicken, beef, whatever at, at the place. So I might as well not even go there. 
So I made Jamaican curry for the first time at the crib. Boom, it's good. Fantastic, man. Right. Well, you are a good chef, so. I do what I can. All right, all right. That's what, about, what about shellfish? Do you eat shellfish? Because I almost want to talk about pescatarian and how this is. <laughs> okay, well, let's bring it up in, in, in the next okay, episode. Let yeah, me go ahead and get the show started. Yeah. All right, so uh, without further ado, uh, we are the Junto Show, and the Junto is a club Benjamin Franklin founded way back when America was great. The purpose of the Junto was to debate questions of morals, politics, and natural philosophy. Our show is not quite that stuffy, but here and there, we stumble upon something profound between the geeky jokes. All right, and today is uh, Wednesday, February... Crap, I keep forgetting. That's supposed to come first. It's been so long. Today is <laughs> Wednesday, February 12th, 2020. All right, so... Um, so okay, so, so uh, I will answer your questions about being pescatarian. What do you, what do you want to hear? Uh, do you eat shellfish? Uh, I think pescatarians... Are allowed to and still claim pescatarian. I personally do not because shrimp has boo boo in it, and I refuse mm. to fall down that path. Okay, <laughs> I just ate shrimp with boo boo today, but okay. uh, but Lance, so you can't eat shellfish, but are you shellfish? <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to ask me on uh, the day after Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what if you like? Because I'm wondering, like, okay, how far can you stretch out this pescatarian thing? Like, could you eat penguin? Wait, or. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm, you wouldn't eat ping, but I'm thinking, like, what's a chicken that swims? Or, like, you if know? you boil chicken? Because <laughs> it's in the water for a yeah, while? It's in the water. Uh, I, don't, I don't think penguin counts. Also, you're a monster if you eat penguin. <laughs> <laughs> don't talk to me if you eat penguin. <laughs> it's horrible. They, they've done nothing to nobody. Right. All right. Uh, that's enough of that. That's enough of that. So, Johnny, tell our, our customers our, our uh, Patreon, please. Oh, of course. Uh, can I forget? So. If you're a like true, that. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a true fan, you will go visit us at patreon.com slash junto show. And it's a website basically where you can donate wherever you want, maybe even a buck, to uh, keep us going and doing what we love to do, which is uh, produce a show. Whoop, whoop. All right, and the, uh, as a member of our Patreon, you also get access to bonus content that we put out uh, with the episodes. And so this episodes bonus content contains us talking about uh some of the actions that the trump administration has taken after it has been acquitted of fully exonerated full, <laughs> full, full exoneration and how he uh, <laughs> feels a little bit less constrained to take a uh, revenge out on his perceived enemies so if you want to hear about that see you on the patreon all right and without further ado we're going to get things started with our first segment hot take news Good evening. I'm Ron Burgundy, and this is what's happening in your world tonight. All right. So speaking of the impeachment, uh, we talked about it for a long time before it happened, while it was happening. And um just kind of want to just touch base with you guys to, to close the loop on it for our audience. And so what are your final thoughts on the whole impeachment endeavor? We, we have experienced something historic, my friends. This is going to be taught for the rest of the entirety of uh, American history until it loses all of its uh, pep and notoriety or, or, or um, uniqueness because they're going to impeach the next six presidents going forward. It's going to happen well, every time. So I feel like with the history books, most of the time the stories are told in the history books are actually way more exciting in real life if you had lived through it and seen what had happened. But not in this case. I think in the history books when they read about how Donald Trump got impeached, you know, students and kids would be like, oh, wow, I can't believe, wow, what was it like to go through all that? And I felt like the whole thing was going like, eh, lackluster. Yeah, that's that's Very predictable, not much happened. It's just, okay, fine, you got impeached, okay. 
it did not feel historic. So like when you hear about the Nixon impeachment and Watergate or whatever, and it's, it's like the biggest scandal in history. And I think that legitimately what Trump did was worse than Watergate, but, but he didn't, but Nixon didn't get impeached though. Yeah. But I mean, he's, his name is brought up in the conversation every yeah. single time. And so Bill Clinton got impeached. Yeah. Felt, I lived through we, that. Which felt more even, and I wasn't even following politics back then, but even then I felt like it was more something more impactful. Yeah. Every, um, every I thought night, it was more entertaining. I guess <laughs> cuz there's a lot of wee wee jokes in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, it it didn't it didn't feel like this historic history making right. thing even though like every day feels like a scandal that would have taken down another pre- or every week rather as a scandal that would have taken down another president but like even something as historic and mm-hmm. meaningful as impeachment just kind of rolls does it it wasn't even headlines it wasn't even front page headlines for the majority of the time that it was happening and I don't even know what to say about that. I do think you captured something with that uh, because it felt so predictable that maybe I think people are always waiting for like, I think uh, if uh, if the things that Trump does on TV had been uncovered in some secret uh, video or some secret recording, then it would be a scandal. But since mm-hmm. he does it on TV, like admits to the crimes, it's like, I guess. But I think he also needs some some twist to it, some some sort of drama just to go along with it. I'm thinking about like the OJ Simpson trial. You know, prosecutors that are like over the top, or, or sorry, in that case, uh, defendants that are over the top, right? And then like some white SUV Bronco chase scene, and like just just stuff around it. In this case here, it was just kind of like some testimonies from um, um, Fiora and Sodlin and all these folks. And I'm like, eh, it's, they didn't didn't generate much things. Yeah, I think that's that's the whole point behind why they. Didn't let okay. So the witnesses. What do you think about that? Not not having witnesses in a uh, in a trial. Hate to say it, I think I agree with the Republicans afterwards. Really? Which is there's they're spineless, and they should have voted to remove him, I believe. But in the end, if they were going to vote um, no to the charges, no matter what, why go through anymore? Because it's a, it's a trial. <laughs> but it. it if, oh, so you're saying if you're going to be corrupt, just be all the way corrupt? No, yeah. no, no, no. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> no, no. I, 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 like, I think the Republican senators after the trial were saying, hey, what he did was wrong, but it didn't reach to the levels of, of removal, right? Which I disagree with. Mm-hmm. But if that's their rationale, that they agree that is wrong, and he did do it, but it still doesn't warrant removal, then no matter how much more evidence they hear that proves that he did what he did, it still wouldn't have made them change their mind to remove him. Mm-hmm. It's just validating the point again. Yes, I know he did that thing that was wrong. You can keep telling me and keep proving it to me, but it still doesn't rise to a level of removal for them. Yeah. So I agree with that. So why drag the nation through weeks more of the stuff when, in the end, they're still going to vote no? Because the historical record matters. Because giving the American people the conception that you take the your oath for impartial justice seriously no, matters? No, it's not about that. I don't think it's about that. It's, it's like, let's talk about a different trial, right? Bo's on trial for shoplifting. Oh, right? I needed, uh, it. I needed <laughs> that pancake I've mix. got the surveillance camera. I, you found the stuff in his pockets. Someone I know it's it wrong. There. I know it's wrong. I know he did something wrong, but he's not going to get life in, in prison. So you mean to tell me you think the cops would hold back evidence if that once they thought that they had enough? They wouldn't use everything they possibly could. Yeah, if if you just had surveillance so, yeah. camera showing that, yeah, if if you just show me surveillance camera showing that he did it, I'm like, all right, that's enough for me. It, he did it. 
You got the cops would for sure. You've convinced me. Show you everything. Like if they have a confession and a surveillance camera, they're going to show you both. They won't be like, well, you don't need to see one of these things. True. Yeah, no, I, I do agree with that. But I don't think it would change the jury's mind to give him a harsher sentence just because you show me more and more evidence. Mm, I think I think it would. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I, 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 I think if you had like twenty evidence that he shoplift, he's still not going to get life in prison. He'll still only get two days in jail. Oh yeah, I mean, well, the sen- the sentencing guidelines are the sentencing guidelines. It has nothing that has nothing to do with like the, your amount of guilt doesn't affect your. But I think sentencing. that's my whole point. The sentencing would not have affected these Republican senators. It's not. The, I'm not talking about the sentencing. I'm saying that it was wild to not have uh, witnesses, like to have a sham trial, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think it would have been better to have to to do the real trial. Well, I don't know. It's it's good for them. Like if you're not going to do it, you might as well. Like you will look worse if. You have it shown how super guilty he is with the witnesses, and then don't do it. But you know, it's it's just neither here nor there. It's over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel like there's some kind of like, you know, marketing thing. Like the real jury in the whole entire trial was not the senators. Like it was the American people, yeah. right? If if any of those senators had people from their states kind of being like, "Hey, what are you, you know, what are you doing?" Instead of voting by their own conscience, they would have been like, "Hey, let's." You know, get no, Trump no, out. no. That's exactly why we have senators, as opposed to it being like America ple- have a popular vote on whether or not Trump should. Um, yeah, but but be removed. They're not going to. They're not going to do anything that's going to yeah. be in their political disinterest, right? Well, unless they have like morals <laughs> or principles. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> they took an oath before God that said, "I will do impartial justice in this thing," and then did not do that. Yeah, that's bad. Like, yeah, so that's bad, but that's reality. That's reality. Like. Like what the Democrats should have done is like <laughs> for our audience, it's like you can't see things. you can't see Lance's head exploding right now. <laughs> I mean, like, look, I'm not surprised that right. the conservatives, you yeah, know, so that's why you're surprised. Yeah. You should not be surprised. All I'll say, I'm, I'm just I'm upset in that we're normalizing it. Oh, it's not uh, or like, like and, and you're like you're blaming the you're blaming the American people. Like, if the American people really thought so then it's their fault for not being more outraged <laughs> like, no that's victim blaming well I, actually no i take that well, i took that a totally different way when bo started talking what i was what i was taking out of it was like let's say i'm a chef right he did a great job by the way yeah i, I think the Schiff thing. was the the yeah uh, babe ruth of the i don't know knocked it out yeah, knocked yeah, it yeah out. he did a great job I'm so like, okay i like this guy i think I, if i was chef and the house managers as we're huddling out, deciding what we're going to talk about and how we're going to prove our case, I hope they were talking about the who we're really talking to are not those senators, but in fact, the American um, public. Yeah, is that right? true? Is no, it, no, I, I, that, that, think, that would be my strategy. That, that, that's what I'm saying. My and point I think is McConnell knew that, yeah. and so he limited the amount of cameras yes. and the views yes. and stuff like that to yes. only make it as boring and as yeah. unpalatable to watch as possible. Right, because you know McConnell knew that the only way that the senators would actually vote is if somehow it got traction into like yeah. mainstream pop culture and stuff like that. Right. So, Which, so again, if I was Schiff, I would have done as much things as possible, gimmicky as they might might be, to grab the media attention. I would start rapping, I would start <laughs> rhyming, I would start doing all kinds of stuff well, just to make me well, I'm on the Mitch headlines. McConnell, and I'm here to say <laughs> I'm not going to vote for Barack Obama's <laughs> judges. <laughs> I got smudges on my neck. <laughs> Kentucky, Bucky, Bucky. <laughs> All right, so Johnny, you're uh, you're a Republican senator. Do you vote to convict? If I'm a Republican senator, 
No, I mean that the question is muted. No matter what I am, I'd vote to convict. Yeah, hey, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you vote to convict, of course. I think yeah. I do too. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's not like I mean. All right. So okay. All right. So, oh, well, so there's there's impeachment. All right. Uh, so let's talk Iowa. No, no. What's the over under on him getting impeached again? If he gets reelected, you mean? If he does something crazy, I'd have to be something. I guess really crazy. You I know? think. Uh, Which he's, for sure he's going to do. All right. Okay. So mark this time and date and the podcast. Okay. I'm I'm going to say there is a high chance, I'm talking 75% chance, if he gets reelected to four more years, that he will be impeached again. I agree. Yeah, I'd probably put that around 85%. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so now that would be in the history books. So if, <laughs> if, if he does something horrible, publicly, as publicly as the last thing, should they impeach him again before the election? I don't even know if they have the, you know, it's like... Um, should they, from what perspective? Yeah. Should they because they should do their jobs, or should they because what's politically the best strategy. I'm leaving it as should so you can use whatever criteria you want to when you answer no something on the same level what he just did no something yeah. something, something worse uh, what he killed somebody 20% worse 20% worse yeah, I don't know if so he uh, pressured be three times or something so he pressured a country that's keep keeping in mind bigger. the thing he did was one of the worst <laughs> things in history yeah so he no I think he should have impeached for killing Suleimani to be honest I don't know, maybe I don't know about that. Maybe no, too much. maybe not that one. But like I don't know. It's it's it is weird that like withholding aid to another country is an impeachable thing, but murdering uh, yeah. uh, foreign leaders isn't. <laughs> yeah, I think we talked the Suleimani thing already. I think we would have totally uh, had a different reaction had Obama done that. Yeah, I don't think I would. But we, we did discuss that though. So yeah. All right, and uh, check that out. <laughs> for you, true uh, Junto fans. No, I just feel like murder would be should be like. The worst crime, <laughs> but it's not. Anyway, all right. So, uh, so yes, you guys got anything to add about the? Uh, you bring up Iowa about yeah, um, stock Iowa. What the heck? Okay. Just a mess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, it's funny today. I saw uh, the chair of the Democratic um, the caucus, national the not the, Tom Perez. Uh, he's the Iowa chair, right? Oh, that oh. And, he, and he gets up in front of the stands and he, he starts talking. Got a podium. And the, the sign in the podium goes. <laughs> it just falls off. <laughs> and I think he just like looked. He was like. <laughs> and i just in my i just was like i feel so bad for this guy yeah <laughs> just can't catch a break yeah i thought that i was like you know what that's just that's like a poetic justice and just like yeah it's just like <laughs> uh so, so how much do we um uh, blame the the head iowa guy uh yeah like he gets all the blame well, like the I guy mean, that runs the, so the Iowa Democratic Party totally botched and screwed up, yeah. and, and on a national scale, the yeah. the one job they had, yeah. so the head of that organization should be admonished. I feel like that's a fired. Yeah. Like I'm not sure that's a full time job that dude has, but fired, or at least not put in that position again, reassigned, you know. like mm. Vindman. Something should happen. Like he yeah. should he should get in trouble if he firing get is the thing. Yeah, if 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 firing is the thing, I, I don't care i don't know one way or the other like there's an argument that some people make that once you make a huge mistake if like you get and you keep your job or whatever then you're more loyal you're going to do better you've been chasing like you won't you will learn or whatever that's it if you screw up twice and you, your boss looks trash like, <laughs> you knew this guy was screw up. <laughs> yeah. i don't even know like you know you don't even i don't even know how the whole entire organizational structure is there but it might not actually be his fault but he's the buck stops with him though. The, yeah but the buck does stop with him yeah but in a sense, you know, he's going to take a hit. He's going to get reassigned. He's not going to be the head of the Iowa caucus for a while. 
But what's worse like, than the Iowa? <laughs> I don't know. But <laughs> Where he can resign to Hawaii, Mississippi. He's going to go head the Mississippi Democratic Party. <laughs> he's he's going to be head of like a precinct in Iowa or something like that. You know, but Dixville Falls or whatever. It's called. <laughs> but I, I will say that you know the whole entire everybody's pinning like the the future on this guy, you know, and he completely screwed up. And I kind of have to feel bad for him, but I think that. You know, he's in the face of all this pressure. He hasn't like cracked, you know, like and not, like absolutely insane. He just it's just like a bunch of crappy stuff happens. And he's just like, OK, we're you know, we're going to work through this. We're going to stay calm and we're going to. And so I got to give props to that. You know, he's you know, how he makes it through the day. How? Because he reads the venture out <laughs> venture out dot com. Go subscribe right now and you can make it through the day. The yeah. venture out dot com. <laughs> 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 Either way. <laughs> yeah, like there's people saying it's a conspiracy to keep Bernie, Bernie Sanders from uh, from getting his win, and I'm like, yeah, well, I think it affected Pete more than anything. So I just kind of think it's, I don't know, like the, everybody says that Iowa's important because it gives you the momentum going into New Hampshire, and then it having yeah. such a big cloud over it kind of screws up the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, oh, speaking of what, how about those New Hampshire results that came in yesterday? <laughs> oh yeah, woo, woo. Man, but well, let's not spoil that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Woo, yeah. What, what a uh, what a deal. All right. Yeah. So, and what's that funny thing Joe Biden said? <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> All right. Well, it's real thing. So, so, I mean, I didn't want to talk this much politics, but Joe Biden, I think, it, legit <laughs> is going to get punched in the face. Like, I've seen so many videos of Joe Biden, like at his little town halls or whatever, these small town halls, yeah. where he he what what he does. I saw him like grab some guy's uh, uh, collar. He was like, in his, the guy asked him a question, not even like in his face for real. He's like, hey Joe Biden, I disagree with you on this policy, and then Joe Biden. Like gets in this guy's face and like grabs his collar, not like shaking him like a bully, but he's you know on like a power move thing. Like, listen, you need to understand. I've been in the Senate for seventy five years, and I I know this better than you. And like, I saw him poke another guy in the chest, and then he called some woman like a horse faced liar. No, well, he no, no, her, say it, say it correctly now. Oh, the, Go ahead. Do you have it? No, I'll I'll pull it up here. Okay, a a pony faced like, liar soldier. Oh man, yeah, something like horse and pony, and I was like, what? It a, was. I was like, I was like, what? I was like, Joe Biden, he don't give an F anymore. <laughs> He's like... Uh, so Joe Biden caught a woman, a lying dog-faced pony soldier. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently his uh, his staff That's said awesome. that, it came, <laughs> that it came from a uh, John Wayne movie. Yeah, but nobody can find what movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, like, so I, I read that I read a tweet that said that Joe Biden calls a woman a dog-faced horny soldier at, at one of his uh, things. And I was like, well, that can't be right. So then I, I, heard, I watched the video. Yeah, and he did it. He did it. It it was more jokey than the words. You shouldn't do it at all. But I will say, it, <laughs> I I'm that. no Joe Biden fan. But in his defense, it it was more jokey than anything. I don't also, think it was jokey. <laughs> okay, then I defer to you on this. <laughs> this is like the one time I try to be generous to somebody. You tell me, <laughs> you shut me down. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I say more of this, more of this. <laughs> Joe Biden, you just you heckle the crowd. That's what I want to go be Andrew, Andrew Dice. Biden. <laughs> Andrew Dice Biden. <laughs> Look at the face on this gay of year. I don't want you vote. <laughs> there, there, um. Trevor Noah does a pretty good uh, analysis of this one right here. Yeah. Where it's pretty funny. Where he breaks it down. It's like, it's a lying dog-faced pony soldier. <laughs> so is it a dog-faced pony? Or is it like a pony soldier? Or, or he's like, like which, which way is it or something? <laughs> That's hilarious. I feel like I'm going to start using that one though. Like somebody, uh, my, my food comes out late. I'm going to call my server lying dog-faced pony soldier. <laughs> what a weird. That's malarkey is what that is. <laughs> no more malarkey. 
So, uh, so how do you guys feel about the old coronavirus here? We uh, sacking up on canned goods yet, or big deal, small deal? Wait and see. Into the world. Deal. There's um a what? A mediocre deal. Mediocre. Mediocre deal. So no, so it's, it's a small deal. Uh, okay, small deal as far as you know everything else, right? Against the the regular flu, it's a small deal. Mm, it's catching up though, isn't it? Well, no. The, so the regular <laughs> flu is going to kill about fifty thousand to seventy thousand people just in America, right? That's a regular flu. Fifty thousand in America only? Yeah. Is that a year? Yeah, that feels high. And go on. And the coronavirus is only going to kill zero in America, and it's only going to kill probably another thousand or so over in Asia and stuff like that. Hmm. But the thing though is, like, um, the tra- it's it's a lot more transmissible than all the other kind of like scarier viruses. Mm, I hear it's medium. Well, so the last thing I heard was that it's m- less transmissible than say measles, and more transmissible than <sighs> it, it was like it was like a mid level transmissible thing. It's not like you're for sure going to get it. So for for the flu, it's uh, uh, should be roughly twelve thousand per year, but it has spiked as high as like sixty one thousand back in twenty seventeen. Time worldwide or America? America, America. Wow, you know they always say don't take the flu for a joke, but I I wouldn't have guessed sixty thousand people two well three years ago. Good lord, you think it would be bigger? Yeah, so so it does spike up quite a bit. Sixties, and I'm 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 seeing one something real quick for eighty actually. I saw that, uh, that somebody was in one of these coronavirus stories I was reading. It said that like uh, the Spanish flu of nineteen twelve or whatever the hell killed like five percent of the world's population. Hmm. I was like, "Good lord!" <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Okay, so coronavirus isn't that though. You think it's? Uh, I think no. it's getting close. I mean, right now, if it stays where it is, but at the rate that is going, over a thousand people now dead, one U.S. national. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not slowing down quite yet. I you thought I saying? did see that it was slowing down. Yeah. Is it? But but the the fatality of it. So like the Spanish flu, the fatality is around ten percent, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas the coronavirus yeah. is around two percent or something yeah. like that. True. I think I saw. So I, I, in the latest results I saw, like yesterday, was I think it was like forty thousand people infected and a thousand died. Yeah. So it's like one one in forty. But I feel dying. like that's actually worse, actually, because oh, well, not worse, but like, yeah, two percent result in death, which is. You know, better than others, but the fact that it takes so long to show up as symptoms mm. from because right now the um, it's not the wait time, the quarantine time is fourteen days, right? Mm-hmm. But I think there's new guidance I heard that's coming. It's like twenty one days is now the safer mark. Ooh, I saw so uh, just the idea of like you know it's, it's going to keep on spreading even though it's hitting at two percent. Yeah, I saw a video of uh, like some uh, Chinese CDC guys like welding an apartment complex door shut to quarantine people in there oh that's a good lord <laughs> oh man just dread <laughs> i know right yeah all right uh okay i think uh one more thing real quick oh, okay. which is hey we're going to the coronavirus virus thing though mm-hmm. if yep. it gets to the u.s and the u.s starts getting to let's say a hundred deaths in the united states mm-hmm. i'm preparing how really? uh, i don't know i'm gonna give me a hazmat suit i'm gonna get me some um, food and supply and shelter in case i ever have to quarantine the house for like Two three months, gun. When do you get a gun? I might. Yeah, I might. I don't know. I might. That seems. I could get a gun. That seems. That seems rookie numbers. Hundred. Rookie. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean rookie numbers? That's got to be up like thousands or something for me. Man, there won't be anything on the shelves left if you're at a thousand, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say that I did read a story and I was trying to find it while we were talking a little bit, and they talked about these lists of viruses and kind of what what the the trend is. These these new viruses they kind of jump from animals to to humans, right? 
We don't know exactly what caused coronavirus yet, right? No, it's the same uh, black market swine market. Or not swine, sorry. uh, Whatever, the place, black market where they sell animals and stuff. But we don't know which animal it was, right? I think think the story right there leaning towards bats, right? I guess. Guano guano bowl. Well, and... uh, Somebody trying to be Batman out there? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You you had a power by eating a a coronavirus (laughs) bat. (laughs) This one, I do it. (laughs) I guess I could could see. They probably sell bats at, at this market or something like that. You could probably eat. You know, um, but I was reading this list, and they were talking about like the deadliest, you know, viruses that jump from animals to humans, and the deadliest were like the brain-eating amoebas. They're like a hundred percent deadly or something like that, right? But when you get just the next tier of 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 deadliest diseases, like the respiratory ones, kind of like the flu, they are all from bats. <laughs> really? Yeah, there was like four different ones that are kind of from bats. You know. Huh. So watch out for bats. Yeah, well, the, uh, the, you ever heard the phrase "your bat s crazy"? It's because uh, some type of eating bats will you drive crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, they had mad cow disease, which is one hundred percent fatal. Mad cow disease is one hundred percent fatal. Yeah, uh, that's what I, I I saw. And rabies, rabies is one hundred percent fatal. I thought you could what? live with rabies. Rabies is one hundred percent fatal. Yeah, but what? So what happens is maybe after you start foaming. Yeah, yeah. So. So when you when they did a big story, I remember seeing a, a story or hearing a story about this. But you get bit, like you get bit in your arm, and the rabies, whatever it is, takes a long time to get up to your, to your uh, carotid artery, your arteries and your spinal cord and all that kind of stuff, and can do all like the nerve damage. Mm-hmm. And so you have unt- from when you where you get bit until it gets to your spinal cord to get all your your shots. And you know? if you you miss that time, then it's only like two people in the have ever survived it. I don't think I would take rabies seriously. I'll be the third. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'll fight rabies. I'll yeah. beat rabies ass. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so, so uh, <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. And, anyway, and that's the Hot Take News. For all of us here at News Center 4, I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego. And uh, thanks for listening. Wait, we'll be right back after this. <laughs> All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Junto Show, and welcome to the Captain's Ready Room. First Officer Bo reporting. Science Officer Lance on deck. Fantastic. And as you all know, the Captain's Ready Room is the preferred place where the captain can hold private discussions and or receive classified communique. So, gentlemen, today in the Captain's Ready Room, let's talk about relationships. Oh, I was oh. worried. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Who's going to talk about relationships? No, I was about sort of. Day, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's true. There's that. Actually, what I, I, I've been doing some research about what 20-year-olds think, 30-year-olds, 40, 50, like just kind of stages of life. And it's been kind of um, depressing. About, think about what? What was that? About what they think about what? Just how they approach life, kind of. Where are they in the... Yeah, in their stage of life. How are they thinking about it? Okay, right? interesting. I find old people's reflections on life to be very interesting. So I guess mm-hmm. young people's would be interesting too. Really? All right. Yeah. yeah. So so not to hijack Johnny's thing, but like a, a thing I hear a lot of old people say is that they... MAGA. They, they look in the... <laughs> mi- <laughs> besides, besides that, is that they, um, they look in the mirror and they see... Like in their mind, their mind is still fresh, but like their body is old, and and they look in the mirror and say, "Oh man, like when did I become old?" and stuff like that. I hear a lot of that, and then I hear some people who have made their peace with their 
their lives and then some people that are trying to fight it. And I'm just like, you know, it's interesting. Some people hmm. say, you know, they're happy to see the young people succeed and some people are mad about it. You know, it's interesting. You get you get to run the gamut. But I do find old people's reflections on life to be particularly interesting. All right, Johnny, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, uh, so to wrap it up in a quick nutshell so we can start breaking it apart is, so those in their 20s, as research shows, are actually quite stressed out, right? So we might look at the young people and say, what do you guys be stressed out about? You know, life hasn't hit you quite yet, but they're actually quite stressed out and they're aware of their stress levels and therefore they try to find ways to relax as much as possible. So those are folks in the 20s. Folks in the 30s are now starting to question, um, what is my purpose in life? What am I doing with my life? And they start caring less about perhaps money and stature and more about uh, contributing to the community and finding their purpose in life. And that's why they start valuing telework and work-life balance a bit more. You think you found your purpose in life, Johnny? No. And you're probably the guy I know who has has his life the most together. (laughs) No, I just keep my life busy so I don't think about it. (laughs) Uh, that's my strategy. So. <laughs> uh, and then and then real quick, though. And then when you get to your 40s, now you start thinking about, like, planning, backup plan. Do I have enough for retirement? What about insurance? What about life insurance? What about all these things? And you, and you start, you know, tracking the stock market and all that yep. stuff because now you start ready caring for death. about death. Yeah. <laughs> the, the next Clean phase underwear. of your life. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And there you go. So what do you guys think about that? Because I found it a little depressing. I'm like, man, I'm starting to track like my research shows, mm-hmm. which means the way I've been feeling, I thought it was like unique to me, but nope, everybody feels this way. So, um, this, uh, I went to this thing a little while ago. Uh, it was like, um, kind of like a Ted talks scenario where people gave some, uh, very heartfelt speeches about their life and, and some different things. And I, I am very against sharing my personal thoughts and like feelings with um, the public. Except for the podcast. Save yeah. for this, obviously. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, the reach ain't so, it, it ain't no coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I will say that a thing I got out of that experience, hearing people like get up in front of the crowd and tell their some of their darkest secrets and, and then also showing real vulnerability to strangers and friends alike was – Oh, like I that 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 feeling I have, I'm not the only one. And, and like I see, I saw the utility in destigmatizing some human uh, shortcomings. And I was like, you know what? I I understand now the utility in somebody getting up there and, and burying their soul because it then makes you feel like you're not alone going through what you're going through. I ain't gonna do it, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I think some of the takeaways uh, that I was, like, letting this sit with me a little bit more, too, is, like, that assumption that people have just looking at people um, on the surface compared to what they're perhaps really thinking uh, deep inside, right? So, next time I see a 20-year-old, I'm like, okay, well, that person is really stressed out. I shouldn't undermine that. Or if I'm going to talk to a 40, 50-year-old, I, I, I want to, like, learn from them, too, and say, hey, I know you're thinking about retirement now or thinking about you know, backup plans and stuff. What, what have you researched? What, what are you thinking? What, you know? Yeah. I think basically the moral of the story is everybody's going through their own personal hell. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going through the same thing. We're just yeah. not talking about it to each other. Everybody's trying to get to that next yeah. stage. You know, there's a, uh, I'm almost wondering if it's, there's a kind of a, th- um, I was a guy that I think it's Alan Watts. 
don't know if nope, not familiar. Not familiar. Uh, there's a there's a relatively famous uh, YouTube clip um, where he, Alan wants he talks about like the way to live life and stuff mm. like that. And so you know when I hear like people like the 20s, 30s, and 40s, it's a very like you know I'm here, I have a goal, and then I have to get to the next thing. And I think you know I I was more like that in my my 20s. Uh, my teens to my twenties, like, okay, I have a goal. I get there. Now I get to this goal. And then my life is about getting into to the next goal. And goals like aren't a bad thing, right? So I'm not. And no, I think goals are a great thing. I think it's my, goals, my, goals. my problem. But, but I think as oh. you get older, right? The, their your goals being what life is, according to like Alan Watts is not really what life is, you know? So, so I got some pretty cool quotes here, which, by the way, Bo, you should totally steal as your own. Okay. Is it yeah. from Alan Watts? This is from Alan yeah. Watts. Okay, so here's, here's, here's the top five that quickly popped up. Number five. Number five. The only way to make sense out of change is to plunge into it, move with it, and join the dance. Yeah, that's a good one for Valentine's. Right. Mm. Okay, number four. <laughs> sure. <laughs> trying to define yourself is like trying to bite your own teeth. Okay. Bite my teeth all the time. <laughs> ah, that made me feel weird. I know. I <laughs> Number three, I have realized that the past and future are real illusions, that they exist in the present, which is what there is and all there is. I don't like this guy. I've yeah, decided. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah. Two more going. Number four, never pretend to a love which you do not actually feel for love is not ours to command you or whatever. No, okay. Actually, that's exactly opposite advice. I, uh, I got. All right. He's losing us here. Number five, number one and five, wherever. I'm all in. Alan Watts. <laughs> <laughs> no valid plans for the future can be made by those who have no capacity for living now. That's not bad. Okay. Yeah. Not bad. I think I got lost. Yeah. <laughs> well, well the, the, I guess the big point I, that he, he was saying was that, you know, life is not like, you know, a checklist, right, that you read. It's more of like a sheet of music, right? Mm. The whole point of, you know, getting into a checklist is well, you're, you're finished with your that's your that, chores, right? Yeah, that, I feel like I'm too much music and not enough checklist. Yeah. I think I need to be more checklisty. And music <laughs> is like you enjoy every well, step of the way. I'm just know? saying, whether you're looking for a checklist or a musical sheet, yeah. you can find that at the Venture Out. <laughs> ah, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> when did this become this? <laughs> <laughs> so the question you you guys are do you find yourselves in your thirties now questioning what's my purpose in life, trying to find more answers? Uh yeah. It would be cool to to know that. And I think I mean I, I set out a life mission statement a while back, but I didn't necessarily like uh do anything to achieve it or work towards it. <laughs> so uh there's that. <laughs> but um yeah, like if I died soon I would be like, I could have, I could have done more. I should have, should have used that time a little better. <laughs> Less Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess I kind of wonder, you know, like when I was younger, and maybe you read too. I read too many stories. You know, the, your life's purpose is kind of revealed to you as, as you move along and stuff like that. When, you know, I guess the way I think about it now is, life doesn't have any innate purpose except for the purpose that you kind of imbue in it, mm-hmm. right? And you yourself have to kind of come up with that. Uh, and so I kind of, and so I sit there and I go, well, you know, maybe I kind of been in that part of my thirties where I kind of say, or I, I feel like I've been stuck there for a while, you know, okay, I have to give myself purpose. 
And then I go, well, what what would I want to do is my purpose? Uh, and play video games, you know. <laughs> so. I mean, if it makes you ha- so, so, one could argue that you know the purpose of life is to maximize the enjoyment that you have yeah. with the limited amount of time that you have. And if video games is the venue through which you do that, then have at yeah. it. Go yeah. for it. But is that like even the right thing? Like you know, you have the different stages of life, and like in your forties, there's there's a certain part of life, you know, part in your life where you want to not only be a recipient of life but also to give back to it right i mean not necessarily some people i guess guess if you're shellfish then uh (laughs) you would never get that way oh that's a good pescatarian (laughs) the the research does so even going back to the the idea of maximizing your pleasure or your enjoyment of life being the goal of life research shows that those who give back to the community do in fact enjoy or have a higher happiness index than people who are more inward looking so, yep. so uh, go be charitable it's the best way to be selfish <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or we'll just suggest uh, patreon.com slash show. <laughs> alright well let's wrap up the uh, salesman shop here and uh, we'll see you uh, in a few seconds transfer of data is complete hey welcome back guys I'm Bo Lance Johnny and welcome to our World famous. World. Always fresh. Fresh. Always new. New. And always great. Great. Uh, uh, mediocre pop culture. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> mediocre. <laughs> uh, so, Lance, Johnny, uh, I don't know which one of you guys wants to go first, but tell us uh, what media you're consuming and what media has moved you in such a way that you feel the need to share it with others. Well, let's. Uh, I'm gonna uh, let's see if we can knock two birds with one stone here. All right. Oscars, Parasite. Uh, you saw Parasite? I saw Parasite. So I, all, I the, the all this time, I've I've <laughs> gone without knowing, have in, having any idea what Parasite's about. I thought it was some type of horror movie, and um, I think with all of the Oscar talks, and it's been popping up on some of my podcasts, I heard somebody give a small synopsis of what it's about. And I was like, oh man, I really wanted to watch it without knowing anything about it. All right. We're not going to talk about Parasite. <laughs> we're only going to talk about the Oscars. Let's get it. <laughs> uh, it's a big deal that it won a uh, best picture, which I called by the by on my, I need to go back and see. Yeah. I filled out one of those Oscar ballots. I need yep. to see how many I got right. Um, see if I won or not, but I think I did pretty good. So overall vibes of the Oscars here this year, who cares? Awesome. I didn't watch. So you hear anything about it? Uh, Parasite. First, I won Best Picture, Best Director. um, Joaquin Phoenix won for Joker. Best Foreign Film, and another one, Best Screenplay. So you got like three big awards. So the thing I think I find personally most interesting is Joaquin Phoenix won for Joker, which is is funny because there's two Jokers, one Oscars, which I think is interesting. And then two, I'm like, I don't think it will, but I would like for that to open the door for action or comic book or non boring drama movies to start getting more um uh Oscar nominations for people who do really well in said movies. I think that is a very unique case and I don't think that they're going to keep doing it. But mm-hmm. there are these big name actors and actresses who get put in these uh Marvel movies and comic book movies or whatever. But um I would like it to be a, t- a trend or I would like to see a category of like most fun movie or some 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 type of something. I yeah. gotta go to the MTV Awards for that one, man. No, I'm like, well, okay, if they're if if they're giving Joker an Oscar, Mark I, Ruffalo, you're up next, buddy. <laughs> I, and and they do best um 
uh, special effects, whatever. But I would like to see something to acknowledge the travesty that is the Fast and the Furious not having oh, being nominated. See, and there's the, the truth. <laughs> there's the truth that has been going on, feeding us what we need. If the most entertaining movie franchise of all time, yeah, I said it. Fine, let's talk about the the Fast trailer. Uh, it looks ridiculous. <laughs> looks <laughs> awesome. I want it to be. <laughs> looks awesome. Man. You've seen it? Uh, F9? F9. I think I saw parts of it. <laughs> it's it's yeah. breaking records. The on trailer? YouTube uh, on YouTube uh, views as well as actually ticket sales. I, I, I didn't realize ticket sales were out already, but it's, but it somehow it's breaking records already. It's it's, it's surpassed already the previous movie, which all, which also made tons of money. Yeah, it's so, uh, it's Vin Diesel saying to The Rock, "Listen, you MFR, this is my movie franchise. Don't you forget it." And uh, yeah, I'm gonna go see it no matter what. So yeah, pretty right. much. Yeah, pretty I wonder much. is it is it has Vin Diesel and The Rock's feud kind of. Um, taking a playbook from The Rock's old wrestling days <laughs> where now they have kind of beef, movie beef, and you almost want to watch the movie just so you know the background, the beef in between Vin Diesel and Rock. I don't think so, but oh. <laughs> I like it though. I did see that The Rock's uh, daughter is um, going to be wrestling now too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I found, she looks kind of like him, which is interesting. All right, so for movies, you got any more, Johnny? Here? I'm always watching movies, man. <laughs> okay, here, I got yeah. one. I uh I saw Long Shot on uh my Netflix DVD. <laughs> it's um is that Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron is um basically uh, hotter Hillary Clinton, uh, running for president, and uh, Seth Rogen is um uh, like a journalist, and then an unlikely romance uh, emerges, and it was hilarious, well acted, and a very enjoyable movie. Five stars. I liked it a lot, and it had boys to men. <laughs> it did right. have boys to men. It was still an awesome band. Okay, so you saw it. Did you like it? I did. It did. It didn't leave me that high of a note as it left you with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, fantastic. I mean, Seth Rogen, he's fine. Uh, Charlize Theron, she's fantastic. Um, and a little bit of a comedy, romantic. Hey, what can go wrong? You know, a little positivity goes a long way. Yeah, when I saw the trailer for that movie, I was like, who is this for? Like, it's... it's. Mm-hmm. But I was like, but I yeah. bet the fact that it got made means that it's probably got yeah. a good story behind it. And then mm-hmm. when I watched it, I was like, yeah, it was good. All right. It's like if you are interested in that movie, it is it is as well done as it could have been. So, yep. so watch worth it. checking out. Yeah. All right, Bo. What about you, man? Um. So I still tinkering around with my uh, "How to Live" by Montaigne book. Uh, it's pretty good. Um, huh. D- didn't you watch Midsummer? I did watch Midsummer. Yes. And yeah. How was it? I have not seen I... it nor know much about it, but. I want to hear your analysis because you have a very acute taste. Uh, yeah, I would say. Um, so I, I try to break it down into kind of two things, right? So the, my first kind of gut reaction. So I watched the movie and then I probably won't ever watch it again. But I would say it's a good movie and I'd recommend it to other people who like kind of. Um, it's probably more of a psychological horror, I guess, in a way. Um, so, so what mindset do we need to be in or, or or what kind of mindset does the movie leave you in um well i the only thing though is i kind of find it hard to like talk about a movie without actually getting into spoilers yeah to be honest you you kind of throughout the movie you kind of un- know how the ending is going to kind of you do know i mean you can kind of guess right it's not like it's not like too much of a mystery the this this where you think the movie is going it doesn't take any shifts okay. from it or anything right. like that and so you just kind of go to what you think is kind of the uh the natural the conclusion. natural conclusion okay. right um 
And in that sense, it's just kind of a look at, you know, hey, here's a bunch of weird people and and death, hmm. you know. Uh, and it's it's a it's a well relatively well acted movie. Um, although I do think that the I don't know if he's the protagonist or the antagonist, um, but I kind of feel bad for the guy, one of the one of the victims in the end, because it almost seems like like that's not that's not fair, you know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to watch the movie to kind of get all right, that. all right. I'm looking at this uh, Charlie Brown guy. The whole movie is waiting. <laughs> yeah, I've I've heard him. Uh, kind of what is it called? Uh, described as dollar store Chris Pratt. So, um, <laughs> there's. I also watch. I also picked up a a new show on uh on HBO a- a- Avenue Five. Oh, oh, the. It's yeah. like, it's like the uh, the Orville. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so it's how is that? more fun than the coronavirus cruise. <laughs> okay, I will say that it's uh it's made by the same people that made Veep, right? Oh, yeah. And it's starring Hugh Laurie. Um, golly, who's the the fat guy? He's the snowman from from Frozen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I forget his name. Like, yeah, he's younger Jack Black or something <laughs> like that to me. Uh, I think it's funnier and better than the Orville. <laughs> So the Orville is like a straight spoof from, uh, from Star Trek and stuff like that. Whereas this is kind of like Josh Gad. Josh Gad, yeah. You just take a bunch of if if there was a space cruise and then a bunch of idiots ran it. Okay, so is it, is it funny, haha, or, or is it fun, is it like Space Veep? Um, uh, man, it's more like it's like kind of like Space Veep. I can't really tell how much of it is is improv or not. That's the thing because I know uh, the I, people uh, from uh, Veep did a lot of improv. Mm-hmm. I think there is elements of improv because I think they let Josh Gad and Hugh Laurie kind of kind of do their own thing, um, and so I I definitely recommend it if you like Veep. Yeah, I think you're definitely gonna like this show. Okay, well Veep's one of my favorite shows. So then you give me a sci-fi Veep, sold. Yeah, and then with your recommendation, Bo, that is <laughs> the cherry on top, <laughs> Chef's Kiss, uh, the Italian guy thing, all in one. A book of the pepper. Yeah, the book of the pepper. The good of the show. All right, Johnny, look back around um, you. Yeah, I got, a, I got a bit more here. So you guys pick which one you want me to talk about or for us to talk about. I saw one episode or two episodes of Living With Yourself, the Paul Rudd Netflix. That one. Uh, comedy. I see the meme and I'm just like, is that show actually good? I saw four episodes of that, I think. Yeah. I, I, it was pretty good. I For some reason, I wasn't inclined to watch it, but I downloaded it for a flight. Watched like an episode or two. I was like chuckling in my seat, and I was like, "Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to see this one through here." All right. So uh, worthwhile. The jokes are entertaining. Paul Rudd is as lovable as ever, and the premise itself is is good. So let's see what happens next. You know. All right. Sounds good. Uh, see, I am. Um, see, I read a couple books. I finished. Uh, Show off. Yeah, all I do. I mean, I have a long commute. Uh, I finished Ezra Klein's book, Why We're Polarized. So he's been doing a lot of um, uh, media for this book, and it's basically his take on the story of polarization in America. Everybody always says, oh, the size, everybody's gone to their respective corners. And he says it's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, his cons- he's, He kind of gives the history of how it got that way, uh, some of the ways it manifests, uh, and talks about it. And he says that basically, um, shoot, what was the thing? Also, the key, the key takeaway from it: oh, the the polarization itself isn't so much a problem as that as all of the different veto points in American uh, government. So it's like if each side was very in their own corners, and then when they took power, they were actually able to do what they wanted to do. Then the American people would see that the Democrat 
um, governance looks like this or Republican governance looks like this. But what actually happens is if you get a, a Democratic president and a Republican Congress, then they can just stop him from doing anything. And then so you never really get a feel for what it's like. So in basically government kind of is at a constant standstill because of the way the government's divided um, that you can never really get a good feel for mm. what the purest version of anything is. So you can't make a decision on how if you want to be governed by this particular party or the other, because you have to have the Supreme Court, the Congress, the House, the Senate and the presidency in order to actually make anything decent happen. And you're never going to get all the five. And that's the problem with polarization. Not so much that people are the yeah. different thinking differently. So, I don't know. I'm a little bit of a cynic at times too, where I'm sure it has a lot of great points and hopefully it's research driven. Ezra but, Klein is a the founder of a news organization and he's yeah. pretty well credentialed. Yeah, so. He was an Obama speechwriter, right? No, that's uh, John Favreau. Ezra John Klein. Favreau. He's the director of Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's John Favreau. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, no. Uh, Ezra Klein is founder of Vox.com. Uh, it oh. can explain their website. Vox. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my point being, and this is not unique to that person, but everybody, you write a book because you have a statement to make and you build your book around that statement and you hope it makes money. So wherever your point is, it's got to be kind of uh, sexy enough to drive some sales. So in this polarization book, he, I guess he's making a point, hey, it's not about, like you say, going to any corner. It's just about the system itself is set up to not give us a true view of things. So interesting perspective. Uh, and that, and that's a problem. Yeah. Uh, unlike in a parliamentary system where like yeah. you, when you get the government, then you run the government. And then if you yeah. fail, then you hold another election and then the next guy does it as opposed to here. It's like, you know, you're stuck with whatever you get. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Good point. All right. Um, one last thing for me, but I do have tons of movies I've watched. Okay. <laughs> I have watched, uh, the Two Popes on Netflix, highly recommend. Underwater, starring Kristen Stewart. I think she found a good role for herself. Recommend. I am done with T.J. Miller. I would be fine never seeing him in a movie again. Uh, Jojo Rabbit. Wait, fantastic. what was he in? He uh, was in Underwater. Underwater. Uh, well, he's got some other issues outside of the, yes, the movie industry, too, so you're not losing much. Yeah. Even jo- though I personally want to like him, but I've heard bad things too much. Yeah. Jojo Rabbit, fantastic. Check that out. I really want to see that. That was adapted from a book, a very grim and dark book that he's now turned into like a light-hearted type movie. So hmm. pretty good. And then uh, finally, I would like to end on a, a very fantastic note: Star Trek Picard. I was what you haven't said a word about that. I was like, is he is he even watching it? Uh, I'm loving it. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, anything you want to say about it? Uh, it starts off very strong. It has tapered just a touch, but it's a. Uh, you know, I think this is where they're just building up the momentum quite a bit. So, how many episodes are in, and how many episodes are left? Uh, three episodes in. I think there's eight or ten episodes. I forget which one. And I'm just gonna be honest with you guys, man. Like, if it was an hour long episode of Picard drinking Earl Grey tea, I still think it's great. So, <laughs> <laughs> it can do no wrong with me. Is Picard your favorite television character? Yeah, uh, it's definitely up there. Okay. Top top five, probably. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. So uh, I guess that's probably it. Uh, Bo, you got anything? Uh, no. All right. So thank you for listening to another excellent episode of the Junto Show. We're so glad that you chose to spend your podcast time with us. We appreciate it. And uh, if you appreciate us, you can leave us a five-star review in the Apple I, uh, was it, an Apple Podcast app. We would appreciate that greatly. You can also 
show your appreciation by visiting patreon.com slash junto show we appreciate that too and until next time when we can grace your ears again signing off i'm lance i'm johnny i'm Bo. we'll see you on the next go round